Hello, 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 ActorCasters. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode, episode number 11 of ActorCast. Thanks so much for being here. Before we dive into today's episode, have you gone to ActorCast.fm and have signed up for our newsletter? If you have not, be sure to do so. Our newsletter goes out and gives you the latest and greatest when it comes to upcoming guests, upcoming showcases, as well as ways in which you can get involved in the ActorCast community. One of these ways is by joining our membership. You could go to our membership page at ActorCast.fm and learn more. So today's episode, we are talking with British accent coach Sandy Small. She specializes in helping American actors British up their English, and she is trained in applied linguistics and has 19 years of experience. It is really amazing, and I really appreciate Sandy's perspective on teaching British accents, which we dive into a lot in this episode. We talk about what inspired her to pursue linguistics, why to work with American actors, as well as some of the intricacies involved in a British accent. If you are looking for tips and tricks on how to improve your British accent or even just learn about accents in general, this is the episode for you. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. I would really appreciate it. So without further ado, let's please turn it to our guest for episode 11 of ActorCast, Sandy Small. Everybody, welcome back to the Actor Cast. Today we have a very special guest joining us. Her name is Sandy Small. Sandy, thanks so much for joining us on the show. It's my pleasure. I'm very excited to have you here. You work as an accent coach, specifically working with American actors on how to British their speech. And you and I connected, I, I guess maybe it was about a month or so ago. And I was very inspired by you and, and your approach to accent training because you really have this unique approach of, of talking about, okay, a British accent is not just changing the way that you're saying the words. There's actually a lot more to it. And I'll be excited to, you know, kind of dive into those details today. Yes, mm -hmm. you're welcome to. <laughs> so uh, we have a variety of listeners who tune into the actor cast and part of our Q&A sessions is that they send in questions uh, for specifically for you, Sandy, uh, with regards to your work, what you're doing as an accent coach. So this first question for you is what inspired you to pursue applied linguistics and what fascinates you about this topic? Um, language is really interesting, you know, um, what we, it, it, it's connected to what we, uh, we assume a lot, you know, so if the collective majority decide this is going to be red rather than another color, it's like, uh, like it's red and, uh, other people, people like Noam Chomsky, uh, 
as a, ling uh, a famous uh, linguistic scholar at uh, Yale and uh, the top universities, and he's very inspirational. And uh, I like hearing what they have to say. Steven Pinker, another one. And I like to hear what they have to say about language. And for those listeners who are tuning in, even for the actors who might have worked on accent training before, but they might not have a, a full idea of what linguistics is or what it means. Can you just provide us with, I guess, a brief summary of what the field of linguistics is? Well, there are many areas of linguistics, of course, but the overarching idea is just um, about how, just to put it in layman's terms, it's just about how language works and functions. An example from Noam Chomsky would be um, if you put all of the rules in grammar, it doesn't um, allow free freedom of speech. So once you put all of the rules in grammar, but this is a moot point, and that's so if you take all of the rules out of grammar, people can speak, you know, freely and more uh, fluently without all of those thinking about all of those rules. Yeah, I I think what what's amazing about linguistics is absolutely what you were saying is that there are so many different facets within it. There's def so many different fields of study within that field. And f for this next question, I, I would love to dissect a little bit more specifically about the work that you're doing with American actors. This This question from one of our listeners is very simple. It's why work with American actors specifically? Yes, well, that's a good question. Uh, well, first of all, of course, uh, I, I did. Use, I, I still watch the uh, great American actors, the really uh, from the golden era, you know, um, like uh, Humphrey Bogart and Lana Turner and all of those great American actors, Marilyn Monroe. I, I, and I, I felt I looked more and more at British actors as well, going for. Um, Amer performing in an American accent and I thought why not the other way around and uh, we could level the playing field and American actors could train the British accent especially that uh, casting directors are requiring it more and more and more and uh, also just to add that um, when I saw people like actors like Rami Malek uh, who won the Golden Globe, the American Academy Award and the British Academy Award win, win all, all of those awards when he Britished up his accent I felt that when Americans do that they are winning awards <laughs> Yeah, yeah I think, I think you make a really good point because we mentioned this a little bit before we started recording is that you see a large, a, a much more British actors who who put on the the American accent and do so very well. So much to, to the point where, with some of the actors I've seen, at first I don't realize that they're British. <laughs> I'm like, oh wow, I, I did not realize it because they have such a strong American accent. But it's very very <laughs> less common that you see American actors performing as British characters. And I think this is this is something that is is very worth noting. And I, I love how you're dissecting this in your work. Yes. Um, well, another point to make, you know, I, I found it really ironic that uh, a British actor like Robert Pattinson would be playing the all-American superhero Bat Batman. <laughs> and I thought, well, why can't an American play uh, 
James Bond, you know? Yeah, yeah, that, that's it's a, it's a really good way to put it. <laughs> so our, our next question is, what are the common pitfalls that you find American actors falling into when they're working on their British accents? Well, there are underlying issues like procrastination. Everyone gets sidetracked by social media, and I think that's a major pitfall. And also that they, um, the American actor doesn't take action, and sometimes it's a confidence thing. You know, they maybe lacking in confidence and afraid to make a mistake. Um, and uh, I say it's great to make mistakes because that's how we learn. So I think these underlying issues as well are the the major uh, problems. But language wise, uh, I think a lot. American actors assume that because it's English, uh, we are, we are both uh, have English, but you can think of them as two Englishes, and they don't realize there is so much more than changing a vowel or a consonant. And I think that is a major major problem. They're always surprised when they find out it's so much more like another language. Yeah, I, I think you make a really good point that especially when it comes to, to accents, there's so much involved outside of just changing the way in which you speak. Uh, I believe a, a lot of it, and, and I know that you've talked a lot about this, is changing the mannerisms as well. And there's also, of course, different words that mean different things that's very important for American actors to know if they're going to be performing a British character. Absolutely. So if you were performing um, your British character, but you used all of the American vocabulary or grammatical structures, and then you had this lovely vowels and consonants in the British voice, but you're using all of these Americanisms, it's not going to sound authentic enough, you know? And that, that's going to make really impact on the role and the audition that you, you perform in. So I think if you want to be more authentic, you've got to go deeper and train in all of the other aspects and the culture, of course, as well. Yeah. Well, I imagine, too, that, that if you see that there's a dissonance there because they are apparently speaking with a British accent, but their vocabulary is just off. And then it's like, wait a second, this doesn't quite make sense. Yes, I mean they make comedy. Can make you can make comedy out of it, you know. They have in in the past. Made uh, just recently, David Schwimmer got together with a British uh, British uh, actor and writer whose name I can't recall. <laughs> but um, they made a It's called Intelligence. So it's set in the Secret Service in the UK, and they uh, they get confused with the language and all, a lot of assumptions about British culture, a lot <laughs> of assumptions about American culture. And it causes a little bit of, com well, a lot of comedy, but a little bit of friction in that, you know. So, so David Schumer saw saw this idea and ran with it. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's definitely funny those different uh, intricacies that are in there. Uh, this next question is because obviously, you know, everyone who's tuning in knows that you work as an accent coach. And this question from one of our listeners is, uh, what are just a few quick tips for improving our British accents with the full knowledge that, OK, there's no way that they're going to perfect an accent with these quick tips, but maybe just some some things to keep in mind if they're working on British accents. The first uh, tip, the uh, major tip that I would advise, 
give is that you don't just think of it in as a tr sessional because you'll ne you're never going to progress. So you need to take a course or a program and start off with simple pronunciation and then build it to the more complex grammatical changes and language changes and then build it up to the more um, cultural changes so that in the end you're becoming truly British. You're immersing into your character. Right, right. And, and I think too what I, I'm hearing from this as well is that and, and, you know, as we've mentioned in our conversation multiple times now, is that it's so much more than just the accent. You really are embodying the, the culture, the, the British culture. And, and, and what about those actors who, because, it, you know, with the understanding that, you know, within the United Kingdom, there are so many different accents and, and cultures within that. So is it that that actors should start with a a standard British accent to start? And then from there, once that's fully developed, figure out uh, the, the other different dialects that might be happening and, you know, depending on the region? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, each uh, I always say each to his own if he wants to do dialects. But uh I would say that so the the fundamental thing here is there are 37 dialects in the UK and oh, wow. they are very diverse. Now you have to understand that culturally a dialect traditionally represented a lack of education and uh, a lack of uh, manners and a lack of etiquette, you know, all of that. So any actor from the regions here would normally if you if he or she went to like the RADA, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, or the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, would normally train in the standard voice. And that's simply because a regional dialect here is limiting. You're going to be typecast in that role, or you're going to be limited to that region. And in fact, actually, I was just watching um, a historical drama on Amazon Prime last night, uh, Peter Lou. It's a British production, and some of the it's set in Manchester area. So some of the actors were very local, uh, local to that area, and they really haven't been seen outside of that area. I think this is an, an important thing for all actors to consider: is is a matter of mastering that that standard British accent first, because then. Then it will give you, I imagine, a lot more flexibility if you do have to dive into a specific regional dialect. Yes, the, it's very important that you don't think of it as that old-fashioned, you know, people say the Queen's English, but nobody speaks like the Queen. It's unique to the Queen. Uh, most of the people speak in just a neutral, clear, 21st century, what's called received pronunciation, the standard voice. Whereas uh, the old style would be, it's called upper RP, and it's just an, a much more old-fashioned way to to pronounce. Uh, so instead of, I'll give you an example. Instead of saying uh, here, an upper RP, the old-fashioned would be here, like that. <laughs> now you would exclude your audience in the 21st century. It wouldn't be inclusive, so you have to make it resonate with your audiences, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that when we are portraying characters on stage, we we want to get across to the audience and, and make our performance believable. And so much of that is is 
not only the way that we are speaking uh, and as it relates to the character, but also the way in which we're moving within the space. Yes, I mean, um, if you just, for example, if you take Bridgerton for a moment, if you listen to Bridgerton or any modern uh, period uh, costume costume drama, um, they are not speaking in upper RP. They are speaking in twenty first century RP standard English, and uh, just if if we if we did go back to that era where uh, Bridgerton was set we i wouldn't be able to understand them because the language evolved you wow. know? it would be really difficult to comprehend what they were saying because the language evolves so where, where they've got the right costumes and hair they've actually updated the language for the modern audience very interesting very interesting you know it's, it's something that like that i i feel like most people don't think about as much when they're they're listening or when they're watching a show but i think specifically for actors it's very important to know this absolutely yes because lang language is a living breathing thing and it keeps evolving yeah absolutely this next question is, uh, I, we've covered this a little bit, but maybe you could go into a little more detail with it. Uh, can you explain the intricacies involved in a British accent outside of the specific sound of the words? Yes, of course. Like I mentioned, you know, you have, of course, you have the pronunciation, like you mentioned, but you have word changes. And one example of that would be uh, like what we call a fall. We can call it a false friend or false cognate. Uh, so an example would be uh, a simple and easy example would be, say, uh, I went into a a restaurant in um, New York and I said, uh, I'd like to have some chips, please. I'd be given these chips and I'd say, but no, I asked for chips uh, because the Brit for the British, chips are what Americans refer to as fries and I'd be giving given what we British refer to as crisps, and that's what we call a, a, a false cognate, a false uh, friend, and 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 that, that's something you would have to be really careful because there are quite a few, quite a few of these and uh, other subtle language uh, changes. Another uh, example would be uh, so Americans would say dial tone for the phone, and British would say dialing tone. Americans would say math. I study math. British would say, I study maths, you know? <laughs> and so these very subtle things that your ear might miss is if you're, so listening skills are as important as the speaking. So if you're listening to, every, viewing or listening to any British production, listen out for those subtle, subtle language changes. It's very important. Oh, so, so crucially important. I, I think that it's one of those things where the little things add up to, to big things. And yes. if you, if you really focus on the subtle differences that you were talking about, it really makes a big difference in your performance in the long run. Yes, absolutely. I mean, when an American says, I put herbs in my salad, I sing herbs, we say herbs, you know? <laughs> right, right. There, Sandy, there was an article that you recently wrote for LinkedIn, and I apologize off the top of my head, I can't remember the specific name of the article, but there were four topics or, or aspects within that article that uh, encouraged 
American actors on how to improve their their British accent. And so I'm wondering if you could just share, obviously we'll, we'll send our listeners to that article, but I'm wondering if you could just share uh, what, what these four aspects are and, and how our actors who are tuning in can start to tap into these a little bit. Um, so I, I wonder if you're referring to um, my first article, British Up Your English, I, that I published on LinkedIn. Yes, I, th- I think all- that might have been it. Yeah, yes. we've got seven all together now. Um, I think, uh, you know, first of all, not think of it as changing your vowels and just look at the, not just the language, but the culture. For example, go for... Um, how do British uh, give directions? Well, sometimes it's the name of the pub, and uh, you know, and 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 it, even um, if it was a pub scene, we don't have bars in England. We have a public house, a pub, and the landlord lives in it. So, if it was a pub scenes you were acting in, you'd have to know the pub etiquette, and that would be very important for the pub scene. What what do you do? And for example. Uh, in the UK, we don't stand in a line. We stand in a queue. And the queue, we call it a queue. And the queue is sacred to the British culture. If you jump the queue, it's bad. But if you're standing in a pub and the the bar is actually the counter in which the pub is served, there is no obvious queue. Everyone's crowded. So you think, well, this is, breaks the rules. But you can't shout to the bartender. You can't wave your money to the bartender because this is seen as... On, uh, it's it's bad, it's poor manners, and the bartender will ignore you. So it, it definitely, uh, you just have to sort of catch their eye, maybe. <laughs> so it's really uh, difficult, you know. Uh, so there's no waiting staff in or server in in the pub. You have to go up to that counter, the bar, and ask. And even the language bartender traditionally, it would the woman would be a bar maid, and the man would be a Barman. Uh, interesting, interesting. So mm-hmm. it's it's you know it, so it's the environment, and then I think there were a couple other things that you mentioned in there as well. What one might have been about the the word changes as well that that we had discussed, and yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the other two off the top of my head. Well, um, yeah. So I mean, I give uh, good examples of um, analogies of. Uh, Eliza Doodle in the play Pygmalion, which was adapted. Yes. To, uh, oh, I would lo- I would love for you to talk about this because I think this was a, a great comparison to you know what you're doing in your work. Well, yes. Yeah, so Pygmalion is a famous uh, play. It was written by Irish-born playwright George Bernard Shaw, who lived in London, and he was extremely interested in um, language as well, and he was extremely interested in the diff- differences between. He famously said, sorry, that uh, the UK and America are uh, have everything in common but the language, except the language, you know. And Oscar wow. Wilde said the same. Um, so Pygmalion has been adapted to, uh, it's a play, but it has been adapted to films like My Fair Lady, Pretty Woman, and The Quiet Man. John Wayne was in The Quiet Man with uh, Deborah Kerr. Pretty Woman, Richard Gere and Julie Roberts, and of course, Audrey Hepburn and Rex Harrison in uh, My Fair Lady. But the fundamental of that is that uh, Eliza is a, she is a cockney uh, flower seller. So 
in this play, she's represented as low class. And because she's low class, she doesn't speak in a standard English. So she won't be taken very seriously, no matter what she does. And she really wants to be taken seriously. So if we put that analogy of the actor who wants to be taken seriously, what should he or she do? Well, in, in the case of Eliza Doolittle, the lead character, she finds an accent coach, uh, by accident, by the way, and he trains her to speak beautifully. And then he gives her a kind of audition. And the audition uh, is with polite society, his friends. And he wants to see if she can pass this audition. So he gives her two subjects to talk about health and the weather because these are non-controversial subjects. But it becomes very... It actually becomes controversial when she meets them. She sits for afternoon tea, which is a traditional custom here, and she sits with them and she speaks beautifully. She's dressed beautifully and uh, she looks the part. But when she opens her mouth, the, the vowels and the consonants are all in place. But she starts using such uh, grammatical terms like low class grammatical terms low class language so she says things like they done him in <laughs> they done him in in a very nice but instead of cockney would say they done him in but she would say it in a standard voice they done him in and <sighs> it just to her audience said oh my is this a new way and um, new and fashionable way to speak <laughs> um Yes. <laughs> so it's causing a lot of confusion, you know. So um, Professor Higgins, who's the accent coach, uh, thinks, oh, I've made a mistake here. I haven't taught her all of the grammar, the language to be more authentic. Yeah, I, I really love this a lot because it, it paints a great picture for what you're doing for American actors, where you don't want American actors to be in this situation like Eliza, where it seems like they have everything down, but then they say a certain word or, or say something a certain way, and it just completely removes the illusion that they're British. And I, I think that this is, is it's, it's really important work. Yes. I mean, a simple example would be an actor um, that I trained, and then she had trained, you know, she, I, I had trained her, and then she wanted to practice the, the British voice, and uh, suddenly she said, well, excuse me while I go get some water in a good voice. But she sound, her sentence was very American. It should have been, excuse me while I go and get some water, you know? <laughs> um, so that made, yeah. made it, and I had to say, well, look, you you need to put this and in to make it more authentic. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing, just those those subtle differences. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Sandy, thank you so much for joining us on the ActorCast today. I, I cannot appreciate you more taking the time to be on the show. And I also just really appreciate the work that you're doing. As I said at the beginning of our conversation, not only are you doing amazing work helping American actors with their British accents, but I really love your methodology of going about it, that it's so much more than just the words that they're saying. It really is fully embodying a character, 
and the culture and, and the environment that they're living in. So thank you so much for joining us on the show. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. All my pleasure. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your work and about the, the various teachings and, and, and courses that you do? Oh, well, uh, first of all, they can find me on LinkedIn. So it's Sandy, S-A-N-D-I, Sierra Alpha November Delta India, small, Sierra Mike Alpha Lima Lima. They can find me on LinkedIn at that name and uh, they should be able to see me. They can read my articles if they find time. And obviously they can contact me through LinkedIn and we can look, we can we can have a free uh, strategy session. We can just look at the specific issues, what they've been doing in the past, what they want to do with the British voice and how that fits in with their overarching career. Yes, I, I highly recommend you listeners getting in touch with Sandy. I had the opportunity to do a free strategy session with her and I highly recommend it. it it's so great uh, just to be able to have a, a certain mindset of how to approach a, a British accent. So, uh, Sandy, do you have any parting words of advice for our listeners tuning in today? Yes, I do. Take action because next year never comes. You're always going to do it next year, but then you'll say the next, I'll do it the next year. Take action now. <laughs> Great, great. We'll leave our listeners with that then. So, Sandy, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of ActorCast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode with Sandy and you were able to take some key points. If you are working on an accent, and specifically a British accent, hopefully you could take some of the things that Sandy was talking about and implement it into your process as an actor. If you liked this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts, let us know your thoughts, leave us a review. I would greatly appreciate it. You could also head to ActorCast.fm and send us a voicemail. Let us know what you think of the ActorCast. Or email us at your friends at ActorCast.fm if you are interested in showcasing some of your latest and greatest work. As always, I always appreciate my fellow actors tuning into this episode to learn about how we can elevate our careers. I'll catch you all in the next episode, and until then, go out and create.